0: Good morning and welcome as we come to worship God this morning. Today we want to come and reflect on God's goodness and also express our thankfulness and our gratitude. So we start our service this morning with a worship song We Bow Down. As we reflect upon a day of thanksgiving, we remember that it's not only here in a few minutes that we come and give thanks and express our gratitude. Our God is good all the time, and it is wonderful to be able to celebrate this goodness every day. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God. For the good land he has given you. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. To whom else, Lord, can we go? In you we live and move and we have our being. We believe that although we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, we are justified By the gift of grace through the redemption that is ours in Christ Jesus. And since and because we believe this, we can celebrate with joy and thanksgiving. We often take our food for granted, but most of the world cannot do this. For many, life is a daily struggle. For enough, to just eat for that day. There are millions of people in the world, including children, who go to bed hungry every night. The children beg for bread, but no one gives it to them. We read this in Lamentations 4 verse 4. We also often take the water that we, when we turn on the tap and the water comes out, we take that for granted. Most of the world do not have this privilege of opening the tap and to have pure drinking water. Two years ago, we were crying out to God to bring us rain, and now we have, our dams are over full. Psalm 63, verse 1: 1, O oh God, you are our God. Earnestly we seek you. Our soul thirsts for you. Our body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So, Lord, because we are fed our daily bread by your most gracious hand, we ask that you will help us to share our bread with those who are starving and hungry. We ask, Father, also. To remember that all people need the bread of life and the living water, which is Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. We also give thanks for one another, and today we are going to read from 1 Thessalonians, where Paul thanks God for the people in the church. And we also thank God for our blood family. Our family is one of God's best gifts to us, our parents and children, as well as the family of God, our brothers and sisters in Christ. How good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in unity. But not everyone has a family. Some have never had a family or have lost family members. And we know that during the pandemic at the moment, that is a reality for us every day. We realize that many people are also on their own. They feel alone. So what can we do for these people? We can be their family. We can share in their hurts. We can wrap them in our love, the love of Christ. We can assure them of God's promises and we can visit the orphans and widows in their affliction and show them God's mercy. So Father, we thank you for our family and the home where we live together. Thank you for the promise that one day we'll all live together with all believers in your home. We even give thanks for family that are far from us, But Lord, we know that even with a phone call and today with technology, you bring them closer to us. And so we also give thanks for many other things. Thanksgiving is one of the happiest family celebrations that is celebrated normally at the end of October or the beginning of November. And so here today and throughout even until Christmas, we remember with great thanksgiving that God has blessed us and he continues to bless us. It is a celebration of gratitude to God for the beauty of his world and for what he has given us and blessed us with. And what is God's purpose in giving us all of this? He wants to show us his love and he wants to call us to thankfulness. And so what is our responsibility in this? That we should not be arrogant, nor to put our hope in wealth, which is very uncertain, but to put our hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. To do good, to be rich in deeds, and to be generous and willing to share, and therefore laying up treasures for ourselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that we may take hold of the life that is truly life. Lord, you have given us so much. Give us one thing more. Give us thankful hearts. I'm going to play our next worship song, and we're going to take up the offering during the song. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being able to bring to you what belongs to you. Thank you for the freedom that we have also, especially for the freedom to worship publicly, to possess the Bible and to read it, and to share our faith in Jesus Christ with others. And thank you too Lord that as we bring this offering to you and ask you to bless it for the sake of your kingdom, we also offer ourselves now as we come to your word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And so Lord, we thank you for this wonderful freedom. We pray for Christians who cannot worship openly, who have few Bibles, or some do not even have a Bible, and are forbidden to give their own children Christian instruction. We ask, Lord, that you will give them courage and endurance in the face of persecution. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is from 1 Thessalonians 1, verses 1 to 10. And this is Paul's first letter to the church in Thessalonica. And the greetings reads as follows, from Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church in Thessalonica, the people of God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that God will be kind to you and will bless you with peace. We thank God for you and always mention you in our prayers. Each time we pray, we tell God our Father about your faith and loving work and about your firm hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And then Paul, uh, he commends them for their faith and their example. My dear friends, God loves you. And we know he has chosen you to be his people. When we told you the good news, it was with the power and assurance that come from the Holy Spirit and not simply with words. You knew what kind of people we were and how we helped you. So when you accepted the message, you followed our example and the example of the Lord. You suffered, but the Holy Spirit made you glad. You became an example for all the Lord's followers in Macedonia and Achaia, and because of you the Lord's message has spread everywhere in those regions. Now the news of your faith in God is known all over the world, and we don't have to say a thing about it. Everyone is talking about how you welcomed us and how you turned away from idols to serve the true and living God. They also tell how you are waiting for his son Jesus to come from heaven. God raised him from death, and on the day of judgment, Jesus will save us from God's anger. Paul started the church, planted the church in Thessalonica. We read about this in chapter 2, verses 13 and 14 of 1 Thessalonians. Paul always earned his own money, and while working hard to support himself, this is when he planted the church in Thessalonica. In this very important city of northern Greece, many of the followers had worshiped idols before coming to believe in Christ. And in spite of the people worshipping, continuing to worship around them, the idols, they stayed faithful to the Lord, which comes so clearly in the letter. And because of them, the Lord's message had spread everywhere in that region. Because the people saw that there was a difference in them, that they were doing things differently. This letter may have been the first one Paul wrote and perhaps even the first of all the New Testament writings. Some people in Thessalonica began to oppose Paul and he had to flee, he had to escape to Athens. But then what he did is he sent his young young friend Timothy to find out how the Christians were doing. We read this in chapter 3, when Timothy returned he gave the news and a kind of report to Paul about their faith and their love for Christ. Not only for Christ, but also for the people around them. The church itself had problems. Some of its members had stopped working because they thought that Christ was coming tomorrow. So they thought, well, we don't have to work anymore. But Paul was encouraging them that he was an example of someone who worked very hard and that they should continue to work diligently and continue to be faithful to the Lord, spread the good news, and that one day, when it is time, the Lord will return. Others were worried because relatives and friends already died before Christ's return. So Paul tried to explain to them more clearly what would happen when the Lord returns. And then told them how they should live meanwhile. Paul's final instructions are well worth remembering. He says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, always be joyful and never stop praying. Whatever happens, keep thanking God because of Jesus Christ. This is what God wants you to do. Paul is pointing out a few things. That they didn't understand because they were new believers. So that when we come to Christ, and all of a sudden um, we come to church, it's not that we know everything in one moment. And therefore, it's so important for us to study the Bible, to be able to to do our devotions, but also to really. Dig deeply into the word and see what God is saying to us and what it means to follow Christ. Because of a misunderstanding, they just stopped working. And then they become dependent on people around them. That's not a good witness. And so Paul is encouraging them and he's trying to explain. And so when we receive the knowledge of what it means to follow Christ, we can also teach others to. And a very good point that Paul makes is that he says there very clearly that we showed you what the example should be and therefore this is the example you should show to others. But always Paul was pointing to Christ, that we follow Christ and therefore this is what we do and therefore we are asking that you follow that example as well. But Paul also Paul has this strategy when he writes a letter. First he starts off very positive and he commends them. It's not that he's making things up. We heard very good reports from Timothy. But what struck me is that he said, I pray that God will be kind to you and will bless you with peace. When we are filled with thanksgiving and joy and the peace of God within us we should be so free to say to people I pray that God will be kind to you and will bless you with peace instead of sometimes we might even be jealous when God is blessing other people more than us but let us be free with the generosity of the spirit that Paul is saying I pray that God will be kind to you And will bless you with peace. He goes on and he says, I thank God for you and always mention you in our prayers. Are we mentioning each other in our prayers when we are praying? Or do we have a list that when we come to God, we say, Lord, please protect my family. Please do this for me. Please see that this happens. But are we mentioning each other in prayer as well, and thanking God for those people who are examples to us. We thank God for you always, and we mention you in our prayers. Each time we pray, we tell God our Father about your faith and loving work, and about your firm hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So can we change our prayers and can we say, Lord God, I thank you for Marius, I thank you for Aubrey, I thank you for Kulamani, about their faith and loving work and about their firm hope in you, the Lord Jesus Christ. What an encouragement that Paul is giving us to change our prayers so it's not just selfish always to us, Lord, protect me, Lord, give me, give my family, but let us remember each other who are examples. And then he says, my dear friends, God loves you. What beautiful words to hear. When someone says to you, God loves you, one very deep longing that every human being has and that is to be loved. And God is the one that can give us that perfect love without any human error. My dear friends, God loves you and we know He has chosen you to be His people. When we told you the good news, it was with the power and assurance that come from the Holy Spirit and not simply with words. When we are in conversation with people about our faith, are we coming from a position where we want to be right? Or are we coming from a position when we share the good news that we know it is with the power and the assurance that comes from the Holy Spirit. And it's not just words, but that we have that foundation and that knowledge. You knew what kind of people we were and how we helped you. When we speak to people about Christ, there needs to be a credibility as well. People will look at our lives. We are not perfect, we fall short of the glory of Christ and we need Christ's forgiveness. But when we speak about Christ, do we have that credibility, do we have that integrity to be able to share this powerful message with others? But it's not about us, it's the Holy Spirit that works in and through us. And then he says, so when you accepted the message, you followed our example And the example of the Lord. Often it happens that people say I'm not coming to church because so-and-so did something and -and so-and-so said something. When we come to church we come to worship God. When we come to church we come to focus upon Him, to receive from Him. When we come to church we come to to be Filled with the knowledge and the grace and the love of God. We don't come to church to see what someone else is wearing. Or to be maybe insulted or take offense to if somebody looks at us skew or says something. We come to church because of God. And we walk out of this church building filled with the Spirit because of God. Because of Christ. You suffered, but the Holy Spirit made you glad. They suffered tremendous persecution. And there was so much pressure on them to come back to the old ways. But they stayed faithful. For instance, if you had a different group of friends before, and you did things that you knew were not right, but you just did not have that courage to do it differently. And so now you are moving away from those friends, but there'll always be that temptation to want to go back to your old habits. But here Paul is commending them and he said, and in our temptations we suffer. We suffer because it's just so much nicer to do those things than to do these things. You became an example for all the Lord's followers in Macedonia, in Achaia. And because of you, the Lord's message has spread everywhere in these regions. Would it not be wonderful if we would hear encouraging words or someday in the future someone will write, because Kulimani walked the streets in Cape Town, we know that Christ is alive. Because Corny was walking around in Paro and meeting all the people, that is why the good news was spread. Because Vanessa, when she wrote Matric this year, showed an example to us and we know that she follows Christ. Therefore, many of the students started following Christ as well. Now, the news of your faith in God is known all over the world. And we don't have to say a thing about it. Everyone is talking about you. how you welcomed us. How do we welcome people who are maybe guest preachers, people who are new in the church? the way you welcomed us and how you turned away from idols to serve the true and living God. They also tell how you are waiting for his son Jesus to come from heaven. Are we living a life that is just for now? Or do we have our sight upon one day Christ will come and we will meet with him face to face? Why? Because God raised him from the dead. And on the day of judgment, Jesus will save us from God's anger. Many people are saying that because God is good, everyone will go to heaven. The Bible says to us, only those who believe in Christ will meet with our Father in heaven face to face. The others are going to a place of destruction. So therefore, let us encourage one another to spread the good news. Let us be an example and let us pray for each other and mention each other in our prayers. Let this be a thanksgiving of what God has done in Christ for us. Amen. When you look at the candle today as it is burning, it symbolizes Christ, the greatest of all gifts that we celebrate to give thanks. And soon we are looking forward to celebrating Christmas and we will celebrate this coming of God made flesh. In Isaiah 9, verse 2, we read, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Christ is the light of the world. So let us renew our dedication to taking the light of Christ into the world to show people that Christ is truly alive. Let us pray. Lord, as we hear your word to us today and as we come with hearts of thanksgiving, we thank you for these encouraging words from Paul today. Lord, will you instill within us this desire to to pray for each other, to say words like I pray that God will be kind to you and will bless you with peace. We ask, Lord, that you fill us with your Spirit so that we can be true examples of followers of Christ. We pray, too, Lord, that you will enable us by your Spirit to live differently. Not that people will look to us, but Lord, that they will look to you for salvation. And so, Lord, we pray that as we continue our walk and our journey with you into this week, wherever we go, that your name will be glorified. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us now and forevermore. Amen.